What is going on, baseball fans? Welcome back to another episode of This Week in Baseball presented by Diamond Digest. I am your host this week, Jerome Lazowski. I'm joined by Sean Huff, Maddox Hill, and Sam Hicks Jerkins. Woo, got the name. Got the whole name this time. I felt bad last time. <laughs> How's everyone doing tonight? Not bad. How are you, Jordan? Tired. Long, long weekend, weekends. Mother's Day weekend, you know. Yeah, we're we're recording this on a Monday night. Yeah, recording it on a Monday night, and you'll be listening to it on a Tuesday um, instead of Monday. We push back because of Mother's Day. Make sure everyone got the time to celebrate with their families. Also, me needing to celebrate and not being around yesterday. But you don't want to hear about my life. You want to hear about this week in baseball. You want to hear from our talented crew about another week of games we'll talk a little bit about as we head deeper into may some of the april recap some of the standout performances so far another exciting week of just interesting performances from teams like the mets the mariners and of course we'll round it out as always with something to watch for this week to make sure you're all ready for what comes ahead this week so we'll start as we always do here on episode what now 3.3 of this week in baseball with the standings. So if the season ended today, here's what the division standings would look like in the AL East. The New York Yankees, 20 and 8. Two games, two and a half games, excuse me, except ahead of the Tampa Bay Rays. AL Central, Minnesota, 8 and 11. Three games up over the White Sox. In the <laughs> AL West, the LA Angels have a half game lead over Houston at 19 and 11. In the NL East, the Mets, six games ahead, pulling away a little bit to start the season, 20 and 10. They are the only team in the NL East above 500. (laughs) Let that sink in. On brand. The NL Central, Milwaukee Brewers, 19-11, two-game lead over the St. Louis Cardinals. Pittsburgh Pirates in third place in that division. Yes. We want to talk about early, but... Poor Sam and his Reds. I feel bad. I'm not even going to read that record. In the NL West, the only division, and this is probably where we're going to start our conversation, the only division with every team over 500, but the 19-8 and LA Dodgers are leading that division. There are teams that would be doing much better in other divisions, notably the AL Central, one of them, the NL Central, as always, the NL West. But... I'll turn it over to you guys. I mean, the NL West is an obvious place to start, but you have teams like the Phillies, the Red Sox, that are just, they, they can't find their footing. There was a team like the White Sox, who have now won five, six straight games at this point, potentially seven with tonight's uh, performance, but also are, are still trying to find their footing. They're a game over 500. I guess, what are some of your early season takeaways? Uh, the Padres are weird. How so? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You're going to need to follow that up. I, mean, I was waiting. <laughs> no, for it's successful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the Padres last year, like this young team, they had all this talent. Their top three players by baseball reference war are like Machado. He's really good. And then Eric Cosmer and Jerickson Profar. <laughs> that should not be happening. It is 2021. It's 2022. Eric Why Cosmer is- has a 188 OPS plus. Did he he did he finally start hitting the ball into the air? I, I sure. Eric Cosmer has a 397 Babbitt. 
Okay, yeah. he's saying lucky then. He has a 415 Woba and a 351 X Woba. You know what? Let's ride the Air Cosmer wave while it lasts. <laughs> this, but that's not what you. I guess to your point, Sam, that's not what you want to hear if you're a Padres fan. Let's ride the. I Air mean, Fernando Tatis <laughs> has just has not been there. Mm-hmm. I am sure that any Eric Cosmer related slack will be picked up by you know one of the best shortstops in baseball. Mm-hmm. I'm. That's a pretty reasonable assumption. I would agree. Yeah. Uh, Kim has been playing well, though. He has been great. Um, Trent Grisham can't possibly be this bad. I think he might be. Foolish baseball taking a rare L. It's not rare. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, all right. Firing shots to start today. Great, great. I think if you look at the NL West and you continue on, obviously this is not a division that – is going to have five teams over 500 all year. I, I, I don't think that's a hot take on my part. But at the same time, I mean, you have a Diamondbacks rotation right now that looks phenomenal. You have a Rockies team that, that they're not going to be over 500. Maybe They're, maybe they're just they're 11, at, 11 and 5 at home this year. I believe in C.J. Crone. I also believe in C.J. Crone, but I don't believe in – Anyone else on that team? I think he's going to have Robert an 18 Stevenson. war season. And Austin Gomber. Yeah. So, oh, I mean, yeah. you look at some of those names, you can reasonably assume that's not going to be the case moving forward. I, I, But at the same time, you look two teams right there, the Padres, Dodgers, that you're expecting to compete. So, I, I mean, some surprising things, some not so surprising things. I think for me, and I think Maddox, you were the one who had started quoting some of the numbers. The Diamondbacks and their rotation is nuts right now. Yeah, so I'll go through oh, it boy. for all our listeners. Um, Merrill Kelly has a 326 ERA plus. Mad Bum has a 266 ERA plus. Zach Gallen has a 417 ERA plus. Zach Davies has a 119 ERA plus. And Umberto Castellanos has a 97 ERA plus. So through the first six times through their rotation, they've been one of the better units in baseball, and that's probably in large part due to Brett Strom coming over, I would say. But also, obviously, Zach Allen's not going to have a 417 ERA plus all year. So we'll see how that um, – Here is going to be 600. Out. Yeah, I don't think the Diamondbacks are that good, but I think their pitching is a lot better than people expected them to be, which is why they're not exactly in the basement of that division yet. Their pitching's really weird. Because Zach Allen's legitimately really good. Mm-hmm. He, if I remember correctly, I did no research today. Um, if I remember correctly, he's like the best guy in baseball on a rate basis in throwing pitches into the shadow zone, which mm-hmm. sounds made up, but that just means like the edges of the strike zone for yeah. anyone who's not aware. It's the edges of the strike zone, pitches slightly off the plate. Um, Gallon is really, really great at that. Uh, Zach Davies probably isn't real. We've seen this before where he gets hot for a short stretch, puts up good numbers, and then gets blown up later. Um, Merrill Kelly's good. Mm-hmm. He's probably going to be good. He's probably not going to be like an ace, but he's a solid number two, number three starter. Uh, Castellanos, I have nothing interesting to say. 
And Madbum, I have a prop. Um, I think if you just here, I have a I have a wiffle ball here. I think if you sent me to a major league mound with with this wiffle ball with these, you know, nice little knife cut patterns on it, nice little scuff marks, you know, give give it a little more movement, a little more control. I think I'd strike out more guys per nine than Madison Bumgarner. <laughs> I know those wiffle ball pitchers can be pretty terrible. <laughs> but I, I mean, if you look at that division, and the team we haven't even mentioned yet are the Giants, and I think just like any season, it's hard to figure out what they are. That is a boomer bust rotation by every stretch of the word. Just some of the arms you've got in it are great if they're healthy. And that's for a lot of them a big if. Yeah, Rodon and Cobb are really good, but they're going to combine for 220 innings. So when you look at things like that again, it comes back to it's an interesting division right now. It's what we're leading off the show with. But when you really sit and break it down, it's like, well, that's that's probably the Dodgers division again. Because you got the Padres relying on Eric Hosmer right now. And for the foreseeable future. (laughs) And that elicited laughs. You have the Diamondbacks relying on a rotation that's well exceeding what's naturally possible to do. (laughs) The Giants are a team that are going to continue to get questioned just because you're not sure of the health long-term, at least for the rotation. And the Rockies just aren't that good. I'm done. I'm done questioning the Giants after last year. I am am too. I'm going to talk Dalton Varsha. Ooh, I liked him playing against the Mets. He's fun. He's, he's good. And he plays catcher in center field. And yes. since Carson Kelly's injured, that brings up Alec Thomas. I think that offense is very underrated. Like, you know, I kind of like their lineup. Like they have Peralta, Smith, Varsho, I like and Thomas. Smith. Seth Beer started hot. Seth Beer is okay. OOTP legend. Yes. <laughs> and we all know Kittel is going to be fine. Yeah. So, and I mean, you, you look at that division, you also have to look around, and some of our writers have actually been doing it this week, and it's very timely as we started talking about, you know, what are we going to talk about? Uh, this week, one of our writers, Aaron Becker, put out an article about the Phillies sticking in the National <laughs> League with this one. Um, in many respects, I'm, I'm not going to steal my, I'm not going to give my thoughts yet, because I want to hear what you guys think first. The basis of Aaron's article was... Is it time to worry about the Phillies? For some of us, you might have come in and not been that high on the Phillies. Others might have been super high on the Phillies. I know a lot of fans who were. You, you look at a team like that, and at current, again, we, we let off the show by saying there are, or excuse me, there's only one team in the NL East above 500, and it's not the Phillies. They're currently 12 and 16, seven games back. What are the Phillies? Is this was this something you predicted? Is this something that it's got to be better than this? What are the Phillies? <laughs> I mean, I think their offense is obviously going to explode and win them ten games in a row at some point. But I just their their bullpen sucks. Um, their starting rotation, like Wheeler, has looked questionable at times this year. His velo's down. Nola is sort of a wild card. Are you going to get Cy Young Nola? Or are you going to get 4-2 Nola? Um, and I just, like, I'm not buying Ranger Suarez. 
and their defense is so bad. I read an athletic article to start the year that quoted like their defensive run save from last year and said they would have been like the third worst team to ever win the World Series if they were to win it last year. And then, nice. they, went, and then they went out and put Castellanos in a corner, put Schwarber in a corner, they, and got much worse defensively. Um, I just don't think it's a winning formula over 162. I mean, on of the other course, hand, says the man, first of all, with the let's go Mets go Twitter handle. Yeah, so. true. but I would, I mean, I don't think the Mets are going to win the division either. I'm not an optimist okay. in that respect. Yeah. The Marlins are going to win the division. I wouldn't be that surprised. No, the Nationals are going to win the division. <laughs> I would be surprised. All the right, Washington so Sotos. I'm going to have to, dis- I'm going to have to disagree. Uh, that bullpen is surprisingly good. Knable, Sir Anthony Dominguez, Juris Familia, Jose Alvarado, and Brad Hand have all been excellent. Yeah, my thing with them is the walks. Like Knable, I don't Their think walks are still great though. Yeah. Like well, now, hold on! Didn't you just start? <laughs> yeah. Didn't Wait you? It's the narrative. It's the narrative. Okay, that's right. Because you start you before we log on. You said. Phipps, and I'm pretty sure I'm quoting Phipps, one of the most overrated stats. It's overrated. But, now, but it's but, the narrative. All right, I'll give you that. When you're looking at a defensively challenged team like the Phillies, I think it's useful. That's fair. Uh, that, that actually is fair. That is a good comeback. I yeah. think their bullpen is better than I thought it was going to be, but I think it's still bad. Like, all of their like their top four starters have Phipps under four. Mm-hmm. Only, only two of them actually have ERAs under four. And they're 12 and 16. Yep. Pies, they have given up the exact same amount of runs as they have scored. I think they're a 500 team. Maybe I, a little over. I'm nominally a Phillies fan, but in reality, <laughs> I, I don't care much about teams. Um, I was going to say, that was the most blasé reaction to <laughs> saying I'm a fan of a team. I, I'm... I'm uh, so I'm just checking. I do power rankings for pitchers usually every day, but I, I hadn't done it in about a week now. And I'm checking where the Phillies rotation guys are. And Nola's been great, um, kind of. Nola's always weird, but he generally has been great this year. He's in the top 20. Kyle Gibson's still in the top 50. Zach Wheeler's just outside the top 100. He will probably get there with a few more starts. Ranger Suarez has been awful. He's like 450th. It happens <laughs> when they get film on him. So sad. Yep. And Eflin has been okay. He's like 180th. So if the rotation stays like that, this probably isn't a team that's going to make the playoffs. It's a team, they're good enough that they'll tease their fans and give the Philly Sports Radio people a lot of angry callers, which honestly for me is the worst outcome. Give Dave Dombrowski <laughs> an excuse to spend all the money again. Yeah. The offense needs to step up. That's the obvious thing here. They have a 107 WRC plus as a team right now. I believe that's 13th in the majors. That's good. It's not as good as it should be. This is a lineup where one to six they have in any order. Segura, Real Muto, Harper, Hoskins, Schwarber, and Castellanos. And, oh, yeah, Alec Bohm hits now. So this is a lineup that should really hit. They should be top four in the NL in WRC+. They're not. 
that's what's really going to decide it for them is the offense is going to step up. That's inevitable. There's too many good hitters for them to not step up. How much do they step up? Because we know what they are in the rotation. They're fine. They're not great, but they're fine. The bullpen, it's better. We saw the big collapse against the Mets, but the last few years, that's kind of been the norm. This this year, it's been more the exception. The defense is bad. It's really, really bad. Whatever. Right now, with all that, they've been fine. But if the offense can't step up to where they really should be, they're going to continue to be fine. If the offense does step up, well, then maybe this is the sixth seed. What happens if one of their starters goes down? How many, like if Wheeler or Nola goes down for an extended period of time? Dave Dombrowski works his magic and trades the entire farm system for, for Frankie Montas. <laughs> <laughs> no, Frankie Montas is going to the uh, Detroit Tigers. Don't that would be that. really Don't fun. Don't say that. No, it wouldn't. Uh, you need it. <laughs> okay, but name a better pairing for Casey Mize. Yeah, that'd be incredible. Frankie Montas. I think the actual answer is Dave Dombrowski trades for Madison Bumgarner. <laughs> that sounds like a logical answer. Actually. No, no, no. Dave Dombrowski signs Rick Porcello and Annabelle Sanchez from his Detroit years. He also gets Doug Fister. <laughs> is he, did he retire? He retired a few years ago. Oh my god! I, no, no, they gotta. He's gotta get a David Price reta somehow retaining all of the Los Angeles and Boston parts. Yes, of salary. Yes, trade Breeson Stott for David Price straight up. <laughs> no, no, no! You're not thinking big enough. Gotta trade Bryson Stott for Vladimir Gutierrez. <laughs> At least he's controllable. Who says no? <laughs> but so, so Sean, I do want to, before we move on, I do want to point out something. Um, you talked about your pitcher power rankings. And for people who might not have read, I think it was last week. I can't remember. You recently put out your April pitcher power rankings. For anyone yes. who might not have read it, why don't you give us a little bit of summary of A, how you put them together, and B... Some of your highlights, whether it's the leaders or some guys that maybe people are higher on that your rankings aren't as high on, or conversely, sure. people that you are higher on or your rankings are higher on um, sure. than most fans are. I'm actually going to pull up the rankings I did today. Like I said, this usually is a daily thing, but it hasn't been lately because finals happened. But while I'm waiting for Excel to load, I'm going to give the explanation of what the power rankings are. Uh, it's rating all pitchers against each other, uh, starters, relievers, swingmen, whatever. They're all in the same boat here. Uh, and the rankings are determined based on the amount someone's pitched, uh, the actual runs they've allowed, and then a bunch of ERA estimators, basically. Uh, I park adjust everything. I also use uh, called strike plus whiff percentage because... Especially this early in the season, small sample. That's something that stabilizes very quickly. Isn't so that a strike I, percentage? Uh, no, it takes out foul balls. No, oh. and balls in play. But basically, I put all those stats on the same scale as each other. 
then come up with this number of how valuable a pitcher's been, put it on a put the score on a scale of one to a hundred based on what the maximum possible score is. It's actually possible to go over a hundred, but you would have to not be qualified for the ERA title. So I don't think anyone will ever actually do that. But right now, as of today, Kevin Gosman was up by a ton. His score right now is 79.9, which is higher than anyone's been in a few years, I believe, except for maybe Shane Bieber in 2020. Uh, he's number one by a lot. Corbin, the rest of the top 10 is Corbin Burns, Joe Musgrove, Pablo Lopez, Dylan Cease, Kyle Wright, Shohei Otani, Carlos Rodon, Shane McClanahan, Clayton Kershaw. Then just looking down the list, there's a bunch of really interesting guys here. Like Michael King is 13th. That's a reliever. He's like the sixth best reliever on the Yankees. That's kind of why I do the power rankings. I like highlighting guys like that who, oh, I haven't noticed this guy's having a great year, but this formula can tell me that they are. Another guy whose result I've found very interesting consistently is, if I can find him, Logan Gilbert, who has been great, but also is 49th in the power rankings behind a bunch of starters and a handful of relievers uh, just because his a lot of the numbers are saying that he can't sustain his ERA. He, his ERA minus is 40. His FIP minus is 79. Those are both really good. His XFIP minus is 91. His If you convert his XERA to a minus scale is 93. And then his CSW percentage would be 146, which is really bad. So, yeah, basically it helps me highlight guys who I haven't noticed are good. Another good example here is Ryan Helsley, the Cardinals reliever. Mm -hmm. I hadn't given him a thought until the other day when he threw 103. He's 25th as a reliever. That's great. And, yeah, that's why I do the power rankings every day. If you follow me on Twitter, which if you're watching this as a video, my handle is there, you'll see those power rankings every day. You'll see the top 10. Okay, but it's not. It's an invalid list if Nestor Cortez is in top ten. Nah, uh, he w he will be tomorrow. Where's Dylan Cease been sitting, my guy? Cease today was fifth. The narrative continues. <laughs> Cease That's is also fifth not, in the F. -4. You're not thinking big enough. Michael Kopech, 2024 Cy Young. Oh, absolutely. Kopech's looked phenomenal. Kopech's great. Nestor was 23rd entering today. He'll probably be in the back half of the top ten tomorrow. I, if he's actually, if he's got to be top five, whatever your list, whatever your formula is, change it. <laughs> <laughs> How many innings has he pitched? That's probably why he's not as high. Yeah, he has a lot fewer innings in the top ten. Sam is absolutely a narratives guy. Whatever I am a narratives guy. <laughs> I will push every single narrative there is to push. I'm not. I, I'm I not love against Nestor. Once I get my own narrative, I, I I push my narratives. So I'm not I'm not I'm not taken away from you at all or making fun of you that way. I was the first person to push the uh, Scooter Jeanette is bad nar narrative. Oh hey, Eric Lauer's good. Eric Lauer is good. You know what? That's, that's a name I want to talk about is Eric Lauer because that's a name that I don't know why I feel like he came out of nowhere. Because he kind of did. I feel like he had underachieved or was underwhelming um, with the Padres. 
came over with the Trent Grissom trade, and now looks like a bona fide stud. What a trade for the Brewers. Yeah. Yeah. The trade Trent looks just a lot better for them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're getting the crucified when they made it. Yeah. Uh, Eric Lauer is throwing his fastball a lot less, his cutter more, his curveball more. Basically, he's throwing all his secondary pitches more. Um, and the Brewers know stuff about pitching that apparently no one in the league knows. Because... I thought we, I thought we got Derek Johnson to steal their secrets, but <laughs> I mean, the Brewers know everything about pitching except how to fix Freddie Peralta. Hmm. Which is unfortunate. Trade him to Dave Dombrowski for the entire farm system. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we figured it out. It comes full circle. <laughs> Oh my Honestly, Let's... as someone who gets Phillies on cable, I would be fine with that because even if he's bad, Freddie's real fun to watch pitch. In 2020, Lauer was getting about average vertical movement on his cutter, and then in 2021, it jumped to 4.2 inches uh, above average of vertical movement. Nice. I might be completely making this up, and I thought I saw something somewhere about some mechanical change where he was basically – doing what I call the Lucas Giolito, and he shortened his arm path. And I am firmly on the train that every single pitcher needs to at least be considering this. Yeah. Because what what we're seeing from guys right now, and it's Lauer's only one example, Giolito's only one example. If I actually sat down and watched the video and read more articles on it, I, you'd see it a lot more. There are guys who are making legitimate mechanical changes, and, and it seems to be – the arm path is getting more attention than usual. You have other guys who don't, who improve, not through that, obviously. But that's something where you're just seeing guys sort of figure this out. And it's because they've done something so mechanically drastically different. And it's kind of cool to start seeing for guys. And yeah. Just creating different angles for hitters to be able to see and also creating consistency in your mechanics. Or if you're Carlos Rodon, discover the lower half of your body. Honestly, so the, the Rodon <laughs> thing, I feel like I'm going to rant about this every single week because somebody's going to bring it up. Every and week. he's so good. He's he so is. good. And the reality is, I, if, if you're a longtime listener of this show, you've probably heard me give the same rant at least twice. Everyone's like, oh, he's um, injury prone, yada, yada, yada. If you really look back at the injury history, and it's all elbow, elbow, shoulder, yada, yada. Yes, he has a lot of injuries. Then you pair it with the fact, though, that he just learned how to use his lower half, as Sam's alluding to. You start to be able to backtrack to why he had those injuries in the first place. And now it seems, well, maybe he's not injury prone. Maybe it was just he had terrible mechanics because no one taught him how to use his lower half. Why did so, I bring this up? I look, forward, <laughs> I look forward to when Rodan has just a phenomenal season. All White Sox fans were like, oh, we didn't know if he was – going to do this because he's injury prone which is false it's a bad narrative does not work well also yeah. he went to the giants so it was bound to happen yeah. oh yeah it was yeah. bound to happen that's it's just like, another it's like the rays it's not like ooh, the rays got a really good guy no the guy's good because he went to the rays or the giants yeah the rays are going to make a really good guy yeah serious question uh degrom's hurt so he's <laughs> not going to qualify for this is there anyone besides rodon who you would take for one start Scherzer, maybe. Maybe. Oh. Maybe Burns? 
I take Clayton Burr, Kershaw. Maybe. Yeah. Like Kershaw's play- been so good. Playoff start. I'd probably Kershaw's been great, but it, it does depend on kind of what are you talking like, hey, game seven, something like that. Then yeah, in those situations are maybe three, four. Now games. I'm not taking Kershaw on game seven. <laughs> <laughs> Narratives continue. <laughs> but no, I I I would hesitate. The Rodon that has been on the field this past season and month or so, plus a month or so this season, he's phenomenal. He's like, such a such a monster on the mound. If it's phenomenal. a playoff, or I'm taking Ian Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it's the playoffs, Kyle, Wright. you... Kyle Wright's been really good. No, if it's the playoffs, you just start Tyler Matzik. Let him throw fastballs down the middle. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah, I will forever hate Kyle Wright because I traded for him in OTP, and he just get like died. Seven ERA had to demote him. <laughs> I'm now. I'm a Kyle Wright. Kyle Wright hater. He's fig- he's figured it out this year. He Doesn't absolutely matter. has. If that Braves rotation is good. If he wasn't good, according is Charlie to Morton good? An obscure video Not game. Not right now, but I think Charlie Morton's good. I hope he's good. I have him on my fantasy team. <laughs> it always comes back to the fantasy team. <laughs> he, has, he hasn't been Charlie Morton. Let's turn into. He's like my seven starter anyway, but we should start doing a fan. Now, now we're just spitting ideas live on <laughs> the show. But we should start adding a fantasy element to this. I'm gonna I'm gonna suggest that. Take it back to the powers that be. That would be I a think, lot of fun. I think adding a warlock to your team <laughs> would be a really great add. All right. Um let's talk a little bit about the AL. I feel like we haven't touched on the AL a lot. Because the they're boring. not as fun. They're the kind AL of boring. Is not as fun, I agree. But I think there are still questions that need to be answered about certain teams. And one of them being similar to the, the, the Phillies and Aaron's article about is it time to panic about the Phillies. Some of the Red Sox. I mean, this team was in the AL last year. <laughs> and I mean, let's be clear. The White Sox are not in a good position right now. And they just went into Fenway, won three games that didn't score more than four runs. And the Red Sox look pretty inept. They're so Trevor, bad. <laughs> Trevor's story looks bad. Rafael Devers is him. J.D. Martinez is him. It's it's a couple guys carrying what feels like should be a better team. What what are we seeing here? Hunter Renfro got traded because causes a ripple effect. Unironically, I'm, Hunter Renfro has been pretty good. I'm, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> and Jackie Bradley Jr. has been awful. What are you talking about? I lose every time I live bet on him. <laughs> <laughs> Jackie Bradley Jr. is who the Phillies needed to bring in. Remind me not to take any betting advice from you. You shouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, when you look at a team like that, is it a situation where they almost did it, where they they do what they did back in, what was it, the 2020 shortened season, where you kind of just tank, get a nice high draft pick? They didn't tank, but they had a bad season, get the high draft pick, and you're ready to go to the ALCS the next season. Like, you're sitting there. Your offense looks brutal. You don't have Chris Sale right now. Yeah, where is Chris Sale? 
You're 10 and 19. He's uh, he probably has COVID or something. Oh, okay. He's hurt he currently. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> he's unvaxxed anyway. You're, you're 10 and 19. You're looking up at the Orioles right now and staring far behind the Yankees. At what point, and maybe this is just a question for a lot of teams, at, at what point do you start to decide this is now a lost season? And maybe it's, I, I want to rephrase that as to teams with expectations. Like the Detroit Tigers at 8-20, and 20, that's probably underachieving, but they also probably didn't expect to get much, especially with guys like Mize on the injured list. When you're a team like the Phillies, who are supposed to be competing, the Braves, who just won a World Series last year, these are all teams at different stages, obviously. When do you start to push the panic button? I, I guess for any of these sorts of teams. Uh, Heimblum is a baseball genius. Mm-hmm. Correct. So for the Red Sox, I will not. I will never panic about them because that just means however many games they lose that they shouldn't lose, it's just more games that they're going to win somehow the next year. <laughs> and get Marcelo Man. Meyer and, <laughs> and get Marcelo Meyer and then win 90 games. Like like when it comes like the panic button, I don't think the panic button should really like exist. I like, think if, yeah. If you have a, like a vi- organizational vision and unless you're in like we win this year or it's not happening which no team should be doing. Like, why panic? Why trade all your assets? Why yeah. start? Why start a rebuild? For no yeah, other reason than eighty bad games. I think the draft lottery is going to affect how people yes um, one decide year. to give up on a season and one how soon. Time they how so? the draft lottery. I mean, it's like if you're sitting around 500 at the deadline or like five games under, like say the Braves were last year, and obviously the Braves went for it. But I think you're much less inclined to like blow it up early if it's not going the way you want because one, expanded playoffs um, and even further expanded playoffs in the future. But and two, please no. (laughs) It's going to happen. 14 teams in a each league if you uh, add a, <laughs> if you add two uh, not in each league if you add two teams i'm fine with expanding the playoffs again but. just play a tournament at that point yeah i just think that like the middle of the road teams are going to be less inclined to like try and get a top 10 pick cuz even if they're in the bottom 12 teams they might get that top 10 pick anyway you think his draft prospects are just so much better than they've ever been like it's crazy like where it's like I don't know like where's Ben Joyce projected to go in the draft? Yeah, the man throws 106. He throws 106 miles an hour. He probably won't go in the top 10. Isn't he projected to go like 30th or something? Yeah, that's ridiculous. It's like these generational talents fall because they don't like because like Ben Joyce is a reliever, I guess. Like that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It was like it was like Carter Cops or whatever. That was a weird one too. Falling, it's like the fourth round just because he's old. And I guess it does tie back to your point, Maddox, about, you know, especially with how scouting has changed. And we've had these conversations multiple times throughout the years where it's like, how did that guy fall? How did this guy fall? People have their own ways of evaluating Mm -hmm. talent. Like every team might evaluate talent a lot differently. 
So you're, you're at that point where maybe the dif- difference to you between eight and 10 doesn't mean as much now because you're not sure if you're going to get that spot. Um, and who knows, you might end up top four just because uh, you, you get lucky. There is no, yeah. I think the smallest meaningful drop-off in the draft is like one to five. So, and, and so again, it goes back to Max's point of, you know, maybe that's where the draft lottery becomes a very good thing where you have teams that, you know, we don't necessarily push the panic button anymore. If you're in a rebuild right now, fine, finish your rebuild. If you're kind of middling, all right, maybe it's worth it to try, just keep trying, try something out there. Maybe a small deadline ad, maybe nothing too crazy. Maybe you don't have to pull off what the Braves did every uh, trade deadline if you're sitting around 500, but maybe it says maybe maybe I don't need to try and drop off that. Adley Rutschman for Kyle Farmer. Who says no? Is that what you're just doing, sitting over there coming up with trade scenarios? Yes. <laughs> listen, listen. Kyle Farmer has more major league war than Adley Rutschman. You're not wrong. Therefore, he's the better asset. Is that, also, is, that, is that the logic you used on your AP Calc test today? No, the logic <laughs> I used my AP Calc test was uh, doing all the problems and doing them right. Trust me, my brain is fried. That's what that's I was going to say. I was going mm. I, like, to... I think I got a five. Might not have been worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say when I took the AP Calc test, I got a two. I mean, I, it's beat... Yeah, it's AP Calc freaking BC. It's yep, that's the one I took. Uh, calculus in college isn't fun. So yeah, oh, I thought I wanted to test out of it. Yeah, the five. I, mean, I already got a five on AB. So there you go. Um, I also think really quick the draft lottery um, will also impact teams trying to tank because to truly tank in baseball you need to be terrible for like four years in a row. Like yeah, you really do. And now you can't like the Reds can't go five and 157 and guarantee themselves the number one pick the next three years. They're still going to try. (laughs) Now they're just hoping their ball drops. It's not about the high draft pick. It's It's about about where else are the fans going to go? Exactly. (laughs) About wearing a paper bag over your head in the best seats possible. How much Reds baseball have you watched since we last had that conversation when we talked about uh, what their ownership group said None. about where are you going to go. None? Nope. All right. You know what? I respect that. You put your money where your mouth is quite literally with this one. Okay, I respect that. Mostly because I was studying for AP Chem. You should have just left it at the compliment I gave you. Mm-hmm. I, I, can't, I can't lie here. You know what? I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So I guess we, we, we've come to that conclusion where, okay, maybe we don't need to push panic buttons necessarily. Um. Which, which I actually agree with. And you come to those teams that, hey, maybe maybe it's worth giving it a shot. And and you hope that like a team like the Phillies decides, hey, I still don't think that's going to work, personally. I, I think that was no. a doomed experiment to begin with, but an interesting one. I, I, I give Dombrowski credit for just literally trying to mash his way to the playoffs. Uh, yeah, I think and we should be worried about it. the Red Sox. They can make it. The Phillies can make yeah. it. Yeah, the Phillies can make it. Red Sox fan, I, although I do wonder about Alec Bohm's home road splits. They're weird. Are they better at home or on the road? <laughs> I would assume on the road. 
I thought you knew the home road splits and you were so worried about him. I, I was cons- he says he hates Philadelphia. I want to know okay. let's pull it up whether his stats where his mouth is. Let's pull it up. He just can't uh, run a first base at home. Yeah. <laughs> and while you're pulling him up, one thing I do want to talk about, and we can come back to Bowman if necessary. A, a couple young arms in Seattle <laughs> that, you know, when we talk about pitcher power rankings and teams that have some sort of expectations this year and, and trying to figure it all out. George, I'm talking about in, in Seattle, George Kirby and Logan Gilbert, one of which was on your pitcher power ranking, Sean, and one in yes. George Kirby who looked phenomenal. I, I mean, what is it going to take if you're the Mariners right now? You're 13 and 16. All right, you're five and a half out. You're two and eight in your last 10. You are not going through a good stretch right now. They're, they're a DH away. What, 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 does it, what is it going to take at this point for you? Honestly, I think just somehow if like the Phillies stay bad, I think like a Schwarber or Castellanos might somehow make their way to Seattle. So that's an inter- that that becomes an interesting question now. It, it becomes an interesting question of for his career, Bohm is actually does, better at home. Yeah, but this season he's much better on the road. One sixteen yeah. OPS plus on the road is ninety two at home. No, they're both. Uh, I was looking at WRC. Uh, he has a one twenty at home and like a one forty on the road. I mean, still. Either way. He's a pretty um, good hitter. Pretty yeah. pretty good for a guy that hates the city he plays in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I was actually at the game two days after that incident, and he pinch hit and got a standing ovation. That was awesome. Phenomenal. Yeah. I remember yeah. that. That was Not phenomenal. even people in Philadelphia like Philadelphia. Yeah. Well, he said was, after, I, after the game, he's like, I said it, but I didn't mean it. I was just pissed. <laughs> yeah, he handled it We've very well. We've all been there. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I actually respect how he handled that. Yeah, yeah, he handled um, it very, very well, especially for a young player. I mean, if he deflected, he would have gotten things thrown at him in the box the next day. Yeah, batteries probably. Uh-huh. That, I thought that was a different – was that Philly? That, that was Philly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I, I want to wrap up here. We were talking about uh, Kirby and Gilbert. I want to talk about them. I want to relate it to the Angels and, and one specific player there that's just been insane. So good. Taylor <laughs> Ward, uh, so because, good. of course, baseball. W- when you look at the AL West, again, you got the Mariners 13 and 16. What's A, what's it going to take for them? And B, are, are we actually seeing a legitimate Angels playoff team at, at this point? I'm going to take first crack at this one because I didn't get to go on the Red Sox. Um Mariners, it's going to take getting Jesse Winker going. He's not hit at all. He's walked a ton. Uh, I believe he's still third in the American League in walks. Uh, he just hasn't hit at all. As of last week, he had a zero isolated power, which that's Jesse Winker. That, you, that doesn't play at all. And he doesn't add any defensive value at all. He's a DH or a bad corner outfielder. But he's a great hitter. They really need him to get to start hitting. That Because if that happens, there's a middle-of-the-order top 15 hitter in baseball guy for that lineup. 
And that's what they've been missing, is they don't have a big bat. Um, I agree with Winker 100%. And then also, I think they need Robbie Ray to at least be a little bit closer to what he was last year. Be he's better had, than league average. He's had a weird year. He's only striking out 7.5 for nine per nine um, compared to 11.1 for his career coming off a year where he struck out 11.5 per nine and led the league in strikeouts and won the Cy Young. Um, he's got a mid-fours, 4.38 ERA, a 4.29 FIP, 1.243 WHIP. Um, he just hasn't been what they're paying him to be. And if they could get like a true ace or at least someone who you can count on six quality innings from at the top of that rotation, with all the promise that their young pitching has, I think they could put together another winning season. Yeah, yeah they should. They should definitely have a winning season. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I'm allowed to say this on the podcast. You might need to edit this out. But have we considered that Robbie Ray just isn't wearing tight enough pants this year? <laughs> <laughs> that could have gone so much worse. I'm glad we. I could have gone so much worse. You knew it whoa, was whoa, going whoa. when there's I said. A, <laughs> there's a minor on this podcast. You can't say oh, that. <laughs> Aren't you like 17? It's I'm fine. Six, I'm 16. It's close enough. Yeah. You age me. This this page has aged me so much. <laughs> yeah, listen, with the Mariners, uh, their utter fleecing of the Reds was just <laughs> so disrespectful. Like, I will be, I'm going to be legitimately mad if Winker's just bad. Like, if you're going to take him away from us, at least, at least, at least make him better. At least, like, leave him better than you found him. Which is fair. Uh, yeah, he should be like, a star level hitter. Yeah. Like, if that that lineup should be really good. Yeah. And you like add like I know they could add I don't know trying to think like a J maybe a Jamer Condelario type, maybe. I don't know. Just He'd a be a good fit. Mid level power bat who will hit league average at DH. That's what they need. Mm-hmm. And they need everyone else just kind of balance out the rest of the season. The question yeah. is, are the Tigers in the in a place to do something like that, though? Absolutely. Like, who are they getting back? Right. What are you getting back? Candelario is one of their best hitters. Right. Candelario doesn't fit in their future plans. How? Why not? He plays multiple positions. Yeah. I thought I was under the impression he was like twenty nine. Like. Well, at, but at the same time, the Tigers are. For all intents and purposes, prepared to win in the next year or two, at least. Yeah, try. the Tigers' window is opening. Yeah. Okay, so if Tyre's window's opening, I think they could get some legit, I mean, balance it out maybe, like, so the Mariners need a bat. Like, do and, you think the Mariners are giving up Abraham Toro for him? No, absolutely not. Okay. That's, that's just, a, that's, a, that's a lateral move that only benefits the Mariners. Right. I think it's one of their mm, 10 million, a couple of their pitching prospects, maybe. They'd have to be pretty close to Major League Ready. You mean, yeah, but like more of like a, I'm thinking of like the Williamson trade for Winker and Suarez. Like a a Williamson caliber guy who won't play this year, he'll play next. Get get the team control back. And like their team identity in Detroit is pitching. Lean into it. Could work. Could work. I would agree. I don't trust Casey Mize that much. That's my problem with the I, Tigers. I that's I don't trust Casey Mize either. I think they need all the pitching. Yeah, 
They need I think Scoobles an ace, but they need after that I don't know. Young arms they can get their hands on, and and then five of them will be good. And the Marlins strategy. And you have five good starters <laughs> and Austin Meadows and company, you're going to be fine. Yeah, and Torkelson will be fine. Riley Green will be up. Like, they have a solid three-headed monster in the batting core and great pitching potential. I don't see why not trade Candelaria if you can yeah. get a good return. Robbie Grossman's really good. Robbie Grossman's amazing. Like, I don't understand mm -hmm. why we're just, like seeing Candelaria as this, like, integral part of their future plans. Like, he's, like, in the further contention window, he's probably the sixth best hitter on that team. But do you trade the sixth best hitter with, like, multiple positions? Exactly. Yeah, he, he plays a lot of positions. He plays he first. Switch hitter? Does he play anything other than first and third? He plays second. Mm -hmm. They have Jonathan Scope. He's also good. He's been awful. Oh, really? Last time I checked, Jonathan Scope was good. I like Jonathan Scope a lot, but he last I saw was like horrendous this year. Like one of the best, one of the worst hitters in baseball. Okay, Jonathan Scope is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I really like him as a player. Like I don't like, think he's that like bad. At first, at f like Torkelson's going to hold down first base. Torkelson's good. Torkelson's really good. Yeah, you gotta think like Willie Castro's going to fit in somewhere. I hope not. <laughs> Now, my, hopes not to. my knowledge That's of why I hope Castro not. is limited to when he became the greatest hitter of all time in OOT, OOTP 19. <laughs> yeah, that's really going to help us. But, yeah, I'm a, I'm a major league caliber scout over here. <laughs> I think at this point, we're at the, we're, we're, as we're uh, start getting ready to wrap up here, I think uh, we're, we're looking at an AOS that might be interesting. As we're talking about the Mariners here, hopefully they start to figure things out. I mean, there's a division we haven't even got to just because the NL is actually pretty exciting right now, which is not something new. I feel like we usually say. Yeah. It's new. So as we start to head out here, I do want to touch on two things kind of at the same time and sort of a April performance recap. Just maybe highlight one guy where you're like, hey, this is a standout player this month and here's why. And then also, as we usually do, what you're going to be watching for this week, whether it's a matchup, whether it's a series going on, something that you're going to be tuning into and you think the fans should as well. So I will pass it to Sean to start there. So my answer to these two questions are the same answer. How about Garrett Whitlock? Mm-hmm. Is he good? Yeah. He's great. Garrett Whitlock was a great reliever last year. He was the only competent reliever on the Red Sox this year. And then they decided to move him to the rotation, and he's great. He's incredible. He was 15th on my power rankings this morning, and he's made like three starts. I think he's given up one run and struck out 18 in three starts so far. He's great. And he starts tomorrow against Kyle Wright. That'll be great. Everyone should watch that. Well, I'm not going to watch it. I'm going to be seeing the new Doctor Strange movie. But everyone who's <laughs> going to be at their house should watch that. Can the Discord server implement a no-spoiler policy? I'm not going to spoil it. All right. <laughs> and then uh, I'm, I'm a big Nestor Cortez guy. Yeah. You bring it from the bullpen when he was good last season. Yeah, bring him up to the rotation. He's still amazing. He threw seven no-hit innings. Mm -hmm. No one's done that since Clayton Kershaw. 
And I think like with thing with him is that it's sustainable. It is. Just because his style of play is just so unique. Did y'all see what his cutter's filthy? The Did y'all see what the only time any there? hitter faces a hitter like faces a pitcher like Nestor Cortez is when they face Nestor Cortez. What a cut tweet. He tweeted, it was about Cortez. He said, Nestor Cortez fastball plays up, meaning his 91 to 94 actually feels like 97. Mix that in with him messing with the hitter's timing, throwing from different arm angles and locating well, and he is very difficult to hit. He showed that today. Yeah. Like, like we talked about arm slots earlier. Nestor Cortez throws with all of them. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, does anyone remember that graphic when the Rays made the World Series run of oh, all the different yes. release points in their bullpen that looked like the weird alarm clock? That's Nestor. <laughs> That's one pitcher. Yeah, do you have yeah. one arm slot? All of them. <laughs> yeah, he's the real deal. He is. It's I'm fun always, to watch. It's so, very fun to watch. Somehow, yeah. I'm always going to act like he's a fraud to annoy my Yankee <laughs> fan friends, but yeah, he's great. All right, uh, Jordan. Just to touch on something you said earlier, I think the Angels are legit. Um, we didn't really talk about it. I but... forgot I asked that question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> started talking uh, about the Mariners. <laughs> yeah, I think we talked leg- about Jesse Winker. I yeah, think they're not. legit. Um, Shohei Otani threw eighty-one percent strikes in his start. The he what now? Eighty-one percent. That was impressive. I okay. Codify tweeted that it was the highest. I can't remember if it was ever, but it was in a substantial period of time. Um, But I'm going to drop one of my articles. It should be coming out shortly. It's on Tyler McGill, and I have loved watching him Mm -hmm. to start the year. Um, This dude before last year had never even thrown more than 40 innings in the minor leagues. And he basically stepped into Jacob DeGrom's shoes and he's been dealing. Um, he was part of the Mets' uh, second no hitter, um, a combined no hitter. And then a series I'm looking forward to this week uh, has got to be Blue Jays Yankees. I'm excited to see how that AL East plays out. Um, I think there are the Blue Jays pitching. Gosman is legit. Um, and the Blue Jays and Yankees are, I think, are two of probably the four best teams in the AL, if not three. And that that should be a pretty – I mean, the first series was exciting. I mean, Vlad went deep, what, three times in one game? Yep. Twice off Cole. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Just to bring together two things you said, um, if it wasn't for Kevin Gosman becoming the god of pitching this year <laughs> – I think Otani would be the Cy Young favorite right now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> He's a freak. Yeah, he really is. Also, I'm looking forward to some Reds losing baseball. <laughs> what a somber place to end our podcast. <laughs> Got to bring them up Poor once Sam. a podcast. Well, we're, I mean, we're all about the nihilism here. As the. As we're recording this, I watched the White Sox blow a eight to two lead yeah. in the top of the ninth inning. Who blew I, it? You have fourteen wins. I, I the difference is I'm just <laughs> numb to regular season baseball. Like regular season games cannot hurt me anymore. Okay, but I, who blew who blew that lead? Who did they bring in? Tanner Banks and Liam Hendricks. Some sort of combination of that. 
I'm worried and, about and a Hendrix. lot of errors. I'm legitimately worried about Hendrix. Hendrix has looked good. I, I think it was just more so he came in when he had a probably had taken his cleats off and was kind of done for the night. It was eight two in the ninth, and now it's eight eight. Yeah. So. True. But I guess it could be worse. I could be a Reds yeah, fan right now. So yeah, uh, <laughs> the theorem of relievers are only allowed to have one elite season in a row, unless you're, unless you're prime Craig Kimbrell, unless you're or Josh Hader, unless you're Kimbrell Hader or Chapman. I'd have to actually look into that. I'm not sure how. Um, I, I wonder how much that would hold. I wonder how I mean, much. That I guess would hold. Mariano does, Rivera, but does 2020 count? I was going to say, if 2020 no, counts... No, 2020 doesn't count. Then I have to think back too far. That's narratives. too hard. But narratives. Anywho. 2020 doesn't count. The 2020 NL Cy Young was fake. Well, yeah. They didn't give anyone an award that year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's weird how they only gave one out in the AL. Yeah, they gave him... I mean, his award was labeled wrong, though. He won MVP, and it said Cy Young on it. <laughs> What do you mean? Jose Abreu is the greatest MVP in the history Listen, of our game. I'm, I'm cutting this here before there becomes any more White Sox slander. So that's going to do it for us, baseball fans. No White Sox slander needed. If you enjoyed, please make sure you are following along with us on all social media. At Diamond underscore Digest is the Twitter handle. Diamond.Digest is the Instagram. Diamond-Digest.com is the website. We've got more articles coming out this week, including... Maddox's article about Tyler McGill along with others. So make sure you're looking out for these. So thank you for your support. As always, for Sean Hoff, Sam Hicks Jerkins, and Maddox Hill, this is Jordan Lazowski signing off. Take care, everyone. Enjoy your week. We'll talk to you next week. Take Go, care. Baseball. Go, Go baseball. Go baseball. Go baseball.